0: It's the Scene World Podcast. I'm AJ. Jörg is over there. Hello. In a second, we're going to be talking to Senad Palic and Rainer Krapel from for amusement only. It is a video game pinball museum in Germany. It's pretty awesome and big and cool. Um, before we do that, we're going to... For, before we do that first, I actually want to apologize because uh, in looking back at the video, you'll notice I'm in a different position now than I was at the time. Um, in looking back at the video, I noticed that I spent a good portion of the video looking down, and that was because I we recorded it and I was standing up, because sometimes I like to do that. And the way I had everything set up, my computer was down there, and so I felt like I was making eye contact with people, but really, I was looking down and not looking anywhere near at the camera. So, I apologize for that. Um But... It's not going to change too much about what you, what we talked about and, and, and all that. So, that's cool. So, things that are going on. Um, well, effects is out. I got it. It's it's in this computer over here. I've already put it in. I filmed part of it. I broke some things by accident. Um, but... But it's in there, and it's pretty cool. I've actually videoed it, and we're going to make a video. I'm going to put it up on
1: Wow, YouTube. review. Hey, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I bought it too, but... In contrast to HA, I don't trust myself, and I don't have a spare reloaded C64, so I will do it with a friend in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. That is safer for me, because I don't want to have to buy it again. He doesn't Even though do it's what, possible. He doesn't want to do what I
0: did, because I was drilling holes in my case, and I was an idiot, and I wanted to do it. I, I was impatient and wanted to get it in there, and so I accidentally drilled. with my motherboard still in the case? And I accidentally drilled through, I guess it's a transformer or something. Fortunately, I had a spare, and I quickly learned how to solder and fixed it. But wow. but Great. take out your motherboards before you drill through your case.
1: Good this advice from
0: advice an expert. I'm, yeah, this is the advice I'm giving everybody. Great. And
1: using a shape puller. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, they say in the instructions to put a screwdriver under the chip and slowly kind of rock it up. And, and while you can do that, they make these things and... I've got one. I don't know where it is. But it's it's they, it just pulls the chip out. And I highly recommend getting one of those because these are these are elderly chips and you really don't want to take the chance of bending it or breaking it or doing something that is otherwise going to make it non functional.
1: Talking about chips, the mm-hmm. ultimate swinsetadaos yes. from from the Hungarians that actually did improve the original ship from the Polish guy, and i got one for thirty six euros mm-hmm. including shipping to germany and i will pull i will put that into the z f x as well okay and they they are they reported it's like ninety nine percent sounding exactly like the eighty five eighty so I'm really looking forward to that okay so that means i will have um um, uh, 6581 original, and the ultimate spin it in the same Sid FX, and let's see how how well that works out. I've got
0: actually two 6581s in mine, and the funny thing is that one of the options that you have with the Sid FX is um, to use it as mono, but to have each SID, both SIDs working. So one SID's doing the right channel and SIDs doing the left channel, but they're both playing the same thing and you can totally these two sids were made within a month of each other the same revision everything is the same but you can totally hear a difference between the two so i mean it's it's people say that they can never get something to sound quite like the sid the sid doesn't sound like the sid you know it, it's it's such a weird weird design for a chip that even within the same kind of batch they sound different mm. Which is kind of cool, but also frustrating for people that are trying to make replacements for it.
1: Yeah, and that's also a good thing here about the Ultimate Spin that you can actually firmware update it, Mm And I was talking to the one of the creators and they said that over the next month they try to improve the emulation of the 6581 as well. So maybe they get there. I mean, it's surprising that they even got the um, 8580 emulated because it only took 34 years yeah, to only. Re- reproduce a sit chip. That's nothing. Wow. <laughs>
0: Amazing. It's it's a cool product. Uh, the 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 Sid also has firmware updates allegedly available, um, and I'm hoping that because certain things don't have I've noticed haven't worked with it. Like uh, SidPlay 64 does not work does not work with it um, if it's if you've got the wiring plugged in, um, and certain you know um, songs demos so, you know executables that that are for scenario Sid don't see the second Sid up there so. Hopefully they'll fix that, because it would be nice because that was one of the main reasons I got it was to be a stereo sid. I understand that that really the point of it is to switch between the sixty five eighty one and the eighty five eighty. But that's that's something that is interesting to me but but less interesting than having a stereo sid interface. Right. But but yeah, but so that's there. Um there will be a video up of me putting this in and possibly some stuff from York too, depending on how long it takes me to edit the video
1: (laughs) let's see yeah on the other hand speaking about music uh, jazz no holly 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 jazz low actually got a baby yes called misty misty jazz
0: congratulations to that congratulations to holly and her husband matthew for bringing in a new member of the of this family which maybe in 20 years we'll be hearing some video game music from that one We will be back in interview.
1: Speaking of video game music from the Low family, the CDs are out, and I got them. Thank you very much. They are sounding great. Can only highly recommend it. Now he just and now they dropped on the floor.
0: Uh, He needs gonna need to send us some
1: new ones. (laughs) No, they're not broken. Um, okay, guys.
0: Speaking of, also, speaking of video games, um, Mr. Jürg here was just recently
1: on television, checking out the new Nintendo Classic Mini. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I was on national German television mm-hmm. for the uh, CDF Heute Plus show. So, and so was a... I
0: in a tiny, tiny screen in the background. Exactly.
1: Yes. Um, so. Behind me, you could see my my main screen showing the recording of our Twitch live show with with Leaf playing NetRacer, and behind me was the Commodore 64 Pred Bin with the 1701 monitor that I actually bought from Sven Fessing, And and also in the background you could see the Defender of the Crown extended collection boxes mm. that I also reviewed and we will put a description link to the, the description, link yeah. here so you can actually look at it at YouTube. Yay! So that is also there. So a lot of little gems are not it. Yeah. And what I talked about, I talked about how little small kids that never, never saw this cat loved retro games at Gamescom, you know, because Mm. we have a booth there every year with Hans Highscore. So that is what I talked about. And they also talked about the new cases for the Commodore 64 and this new Commodore 64 Reloaded coming out, supposedly. Mm. And also um, a Flashback 7, the re-released Atari VCS was released and also AT um, yeah AT Games re-released their Mega Drive, clone um after six years again. Oh. And I have to admit, unfortunately, the first version that was so bad I had to return it within one day because they were they were not detecting Paul and NTSC correctly. So I was actually putting in a cartridge, Dune two that was also available in German, so with German samples, you know, uh-huh. like, um, habe verstanden, so understood, you know. And um, actually funny, the Atari version, they even translated the word OK with OK. <laughs> um, so actually I was putting up, so I was putting in the German Dune 2 cartridge into Mega Drive clone, and it would say, this is for European market only, and it was actually putting the Mega Drive on Paul. Well, that totally failed there. The NTC Paul connection uh, detection. So I cannot really suggest you to get that one. Um, there, I have read there is supposed to be a newer firmware version that um, fixes all the problems, but the sound still sounds awful. So a much better alternative is the RetroTren FireCore, which is a portable version of the Mega Drive. It still has bad sound emulation, but there is a firmware version two of that console, and that allows Paul NTSC auto detection, and even works with Japanese games. I tried it with a Japanese version of Afterburner, and it wouldn't work if it doesn't detect the Japanese charset set in the console. Hmm. It would crash, you know. Right. So that is really a good one. The other thing is, you can now pre order on Amazon and Funstock. You can actually pre order the Superboy S. What's the Superboy S? The Superboy was a portable Super Nintendo. And the advantage over the other competitor units is it worked with the FX games, so with the one with 3D graphics, you know. Um, like like uh, Yoshi's Island, or um, FX Racer, or Star Wings. But it only worked for Japanese and American, and not for European games. Mm. So they made the Superboy S, and that actually has a little switch, Paul NTSC. Though so it's supposed to work with all games. Yeah, you know, 3D. 3D. Right. Nice
0: um so what did you think of the the new nintendo the the because because you've talked about every other game system that was ever created but you didn't mention what you thought of this new thing the new nintendo classic
1: well first of all we should mention we should mention um well i can actually show it to you bring it on out okay guys so this is the nes classic mini okay it has the same connectors like a Wii, so you can actually put Wii controllers on it, Nintendo Wii controllers, at least from what I from what I've read. But I actually, I don't have a Wii controller right now or a Nunchuk to actually connect it and try. But from what I've read, it's the same connector.
0: Okay.
1: Um, it looks like an NES, but very very tiny, as you can see. And the good thing is it has HDMI, so it works on most screens and televisions, mm-hmm. and The graphics look like what you remember on the NES and you can actually choose between different modes, Hmm. graphic modes. And they have some really good games in it, not only Super Mario Bros., but also Mega Man, Castlevania, you know, all the other games that you really love. And Double Tracking 2, that's my favorite, my favorite um, action game, action beat game, you know. Um, is, it, it obviously doesn't have every
0: game ever made for Nintendo on it. Thirty,
1: 30 ones. Thirty-one games. And they really picked the best ones on it. The, many of my favorites are on this machine. And the thing is, here in Germany it costs uh, 70 euros. It was released one day after America and Japan. The Japan of which um, obviously has a Farmicon mm-hmm. instead of an NES different system just having different shape yeah um and the thing is it did cost 70 euros and n- right now it's up to 500 on eBay Oh, jeez because it's so rare and even amazon didn't it didn't get enough units so even if you were among the first pre-ordering in june they still could possibly cancel your order and all german German shops actually cancelled also pre-ordering for the next batch. That's pretty bad. That means if you try to order it now and the second batch coming out, then you will miss maybe again. This unit fortunately was, especially for me, yeah. Now my iPhone thought I said hey Siri, but I didn't. This is my this is my uh well, <laughs> speech recognition doesn't work always right yeah. but we will get back to that later because I talked about that also anyway so this unit was from a CDF television channel for okay. me And I got this from Nintendo as a present for the review. So thank you, Nintendo Germany, for giving this to me over the TV, guys. Really thankful for that. So I'm one of the few people that actually actually got it four days before release. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Nice. Yes, so the video is in German, but you can still watch it here. And there's also an article about it, but you can use Google Translate over it. And it has a lot of, well, you would say quotes from what I said. Hmm. I really hope you like it.
0: Okay, okay next topic, got, next news. Yeah, we also got, uh, uh, speaking of videos up there, there's, there's a new interview that you did with... Um, Forrest Moser. Yes, with Forrest Moser.
1: Who speaking is, about speech recognition, yeah. which we just saw fail sometimes. Yeah. Because my iPhone thought I called Siri, but I didn't.
0: Mine does it all the time. I'll be driving and music will be playing. And, and mind you, the phone is the thing playing the music. You know, it's 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 going out through my radio in the car and the song will say something and Siri will just be like, huh? It's like, fool, you made that
1: noise. <laughs> Great. I talked to Forrest Moser. Get back to the topic. <laughs> I, saw, I, I talked to Sir Forrest Moser. He's 87 right now, but he was very, very happy to talk to me on Skype video about how he got to um, invent speech synthesis and speech recognition. And he's also the voice of Ghostbusters on the Atari and the Commodore mm. 64. And he said his most favorite um, thing he did ever was saying, he slimed me, you mm-hmm. know, for it the was, Ghostbusters
0: game. He was Impossible Mission too, right? yes i was wondering how they did that visitor. because stay while. stay forever <laughs> yeah i always wondered how they did that because you can't just take a microphone and plug it into a c64 and have have an audio file that you can just use it's a whole different for for doing digital stuff digis like that i i never never understood how they did it and watch the interview yeah it's been up now for several days and i just haven't watched it yet so.
1: And well, it was one right of there. the most most commented ones on it, you know. So people really loved it. Um, hopefully, you will love it too. Cool. And again, that. link in the postcard description.
0: Yes, I'll watch that right after we're done here, right, right, or after I finish the bombshell review.
1: Woo! Okay, ah. good, 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 good.
0: <laughs> right. So, right. what else? That's, what other news? I think that's. A- about it, is there anything else going on that we that we
2: missed?
1: No, I don't think so. So, have fun, enjoy the interview with yes. um, Rainer Grabhol and Sinat Palich. Yes.
0: For amusement only, there'll be some other video in there as well. We're gonna, we've got some scenes of of the thing that we're gonna kind of try to intersperse and, yes, and so on. And I also want to point out that, that if it may look like we're a little bit different than we were there, normally we do the intro and the outro to these things, the bump, the bumpers, as they're called in radio, um, the same day that we do the interview. But today it's actually about a week after we did the interview because there's um, nothing recorded and we lost all of it. And so now we're doing it all over again. And Yes, and now both of us are recording it just to make sure. Yeah, so that we can't screw this one up great this is how things work sometimes i was gonna actually i was thinking about doing the intro solo because because jurg was busy with the tv interview and all his fame and, and and stuff like that and uh so i was gonna do it solo but then i decided that i didn't really feel like doing that and so i didn't
1: thank you very nice of you
0: <laughs> yeah i waited till
1: you came back from hollywood great 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 yeah from scene world holiday yeah yeah, yeah. uh so, you know, it's it's pretty pretty awesome to have a, t- a television team. You know, it's like three three and a half hour of work for three minutes of video or something. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, no, I, I you know, and this is something you that that
0: that you don't think about when you watch even you know videos on YouTube and stuff. You know, with a lot of these videos, such as. Um, like the, the pet phone review. That's, that's the one that I did the, the most work on. It takes weeks. There was a weeks. lot of video that I collected over the course of a couple of weeks. And, and even some video that, that I recorded months earlier that wasn't really meant for it, that somehow ended up in it. Like the, the random little nonsensical things that I threw in there. Speaking of that video, there was, there's been a couple of comments on, on YouTube. Um, about <laughs> I, I love I love the people watching it because there's two people now that have commented about the fact that Grindr is on the phone. And yes, yes it is. Because one of the sight gags that I was planning to do was um I was gonna have me sitting in a room with Lionel Richie playing, going through Tinder, swiping right on everybody that, that came up. And then doing the same thing on Grinder. And it was just gonna be one of those little background sight gags that that didn't really, you know, that was just there, and a few people even really noticed. A couple of people did. But two things happened. One, uh, every time I went to use Tinder, I'd swipe right, and I'd come across somebody that I knew. Like, good friends of mine. And I'm not going to put, like, like my, my best friend's Tinder profile on a stupid YouTube video I'm making about a phone. So... So the tinder part ended up getting cut down to just a few seconds. And then Grindr apparently doesn't work like tinder, which I did not know. So so that didn't, I couldn't use that. So none of that got into the video, but I didn't delete the thing. And there's like two frames of video where I swipe past it and leave it to the internet to be like, "Hey, look, there's grinder." <laughs> right. Yeah. So right. yeah, yeah, it the pet phone does run grinder. Yes, it does. I can I can attest to that.
1: It can't run Chrome, but it can run Grinder. It's amazing how Chrome OS doesn't, about Android OS, doesn't run Chrome. Yeah. It's amazing. Everybody else the has commented it
0: on it. Everyone else yeah. has commented on, on the video. There has been some, some good comments and some, some good criticisms of my my shoddy camera work. But we'll yeah. be doing more of that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Very successful our YouTube channel lately. Thank you so much, people. Subscribe.
0: (laughs) Yes, subscribe and we'll be doing more. I'll be doing more. I'm working on two right now. Two videos. Great, great. Which will just be as hopefully hopefully be as ridiculous and as nonsensical as that one. Because that's the way
1: that I I do videos. I also did uh, Defender of the Crown, the yes. extended collection yes, review and unboxing, mm-hmm. and there are only 29 units left, so if you want one, hurry up. Otherwise, There's only to limited to front of 500. Otherwise you're just going
0: to have to live vicariously through his video. Yeah, That's the only way you're going to get to see it.
1: Right. It's very much limited. Mm-hmm. And right now he's working on Rocket Ranger, which you can pre-order on the Ray Retro page as well, and I already did. Cool. And I also heard from a friend that the Wings the Game Boy Advanced version is very, very good. Hmm. So that's on my list for the next month to okay. get. Cool. All right, guys. Yes. so We we wanted to stop and lead over to the interview, but we kept. Well, it was my fault. I continued the conversation. No,
0: I'm pretty sure I did that. So.
1: See you. Bye bye. So today we are talking about arcade and pinball museum foremost and only. And for this we have the two guys from there, uh, two guys of three, and that would the head of um, the club, club and the press, Leonard Parch. Welcome to the show, guys. Yes. Hi. Uh, hi. hi. Thanks Ajay. for inviting. me. Well, thanks for for agreeing and coming. So great. <clears throat> so um, let's talk a bit about what movement only is. Maybe Rainer, you should start explaining a bit what it is mm. about.
2: Um, what it is? Um, how it, I I will tell you how it was uh, founded. The main reason for funding was that we were four, the four basic uh, main founder were collecting uh, arcade games, pinballs, and arcade games and video games since uh, years, since a lot of years. We have a whole lot of great collection of them, and we need space. That was the main uh, reason. As everybody knows, who is collecting this sort of things, it's a little harder to collect them like stems, but they are. Uh, a lot of less, uh, more. Um, a lot of less, more resistant to, for instance, draft or strong winds. That's one of the advantages. The disadvantage it takes a lot of space, and uh, usually this space is uh, are some cellars in your own house. This fill up very thick quick. Then some garages, um, which are filling also up very quick and also dirty, dark, wet, and uh, most problem is that are not very good for the um, status of the machines for the um, condition. And of course, you cannot play them now because it's cold. Normally, you don't have even uh, electricity. So you cannot repair them, you just store them there. And they are basically useless and getting better in state in, with every year. So this problem we all had. Uh, this problem we tried to solve with um, some um, collusion, we, we told us that we are giving money to some people for bad locations for bad Uh, Better storage and we put them together and then we get a big storage is usually more um, Affordable than two or three small storages or four or five each of them offers had more than one storage And uh, the second topic was in the storage you cannot show them to other guys. Uh, We wanted to show them to public We had a lot of nice machines and interesting machines very seldom machines in good state some in bad state um but we wanted to show them around. so, so the idea of a museum or like uh, at least a public opening was also a reason which you could not do with uh, your own garage or your own cellar, but you need something which is a little more um, comfortable for the guests and a little more space, of course. Mm-hmm. That was the main motivation we put together, and uh, we searched for one or two years until we found our first uh, location, which was exactly what we needed.
1: And so you opened in 2010.
2: Mm, yes. Um, we, after we had only, that's a nice story, we had a little short, what's called, a little short note. Announcement, a note on the local board, which was for free. And uh, we told them what we wanted. We cannot put much money into it. We want, need a lot of space and we need it warm. And we need it comfy. And only one guy called. And uh, this was he had an empty storage, which is what was not able to rent, a former supermarket, and um, he told us we could have it. He found the idea good, and he doesn't have any other tenants, other otherwise. So we could have it for very low money, much less than he usually need uh, got for this location. But of course, an empty location without money is still uh, less money. So. we had our first rooms around 200 square meters, a little more, in, in Rodenbach, in a former uh, Schlecker, which was <laughs> grocery uh, store located there, a former grocery store which went uh, uh, bankrupt some one or two years ago, and <laughs> so the rooms were empty. Hmm.
0: There seems to be kind of a, a thing that. Um a lot of arcades are doing now where they kind of rebrand themselves because arcades used to be a really big thing and you used to be able to find them all over. And I'm seeing a lot, a lot of times now that they're kind of rebranding as museums for this kind of um, gaming history. You, you see that as a kind of like the, the way it's moving forward, how, how it's being done now?
2: Yeah, I think that's the um, the problem with arcade machines is that they are tending to get um, they cost a lot of money, which in in case of repairing and uh, you need a big location inside the cities where the people are coming to, which costs a lot of money, and um, so it's I think it's just not affordable for the most. It's not a business idea anymore where you can much make money as as much as before, because everybody has uh, its own. Mini machine, PC, or the consoles at home, and uh, it makes um, much, not much more fun, but uh, nearly as much fun, and it's for free, and um, so you don't go out to the arcades. Hmm. So I think that's one of the problems which killed them. And uh, so, um, but it's still a piece of history. It's still culture, and it was uh, everybody knows arcades. Everybody was in arcades. I don't think there are a lot of people which are never entered one and never played games, never played, pinball, never ones. played Donkey Kong. <laughs> yes, the younger ones, because it was behind the time. But in our time, and it's uh, really a piece of history which should be um, conserved and should be uh, restorated. But yes, but, but without these things, the idea that you're making money out of the machines, you're making out of the uh, entry money, and you are um, not making really big money out of it. We are not um, that we could say if I had to pay it all for free I were, all people were working for free in, in the uh, in our club and repairing for free and sitting at the desk for free and um, showing the guys the, the machines and um, there's everything doing it for free and uh, that's the only way you could do it like a museum like uh, in public interest and uh, in right. the um, just for for fun and not for money
0: and, and are the uh, are are the games out of there? Are they free to play? Yes, yes. of course. Hmm. Okay. See so that that's that's still that still gets me as kind of strange because I, I I I grew up in in the arcade thing, and you know I've been to a couple of cons now where they have arcades, and and you don't have to put the money in, and it's still it strikes <laughs> me it's it's such a novel thing. It's like wow, I can play any game here, and I don't have to pay you know waste a quarter to do it.
1: You know, and it's, it's and that's not entirely true. You pay around twelve euros to as an entry fee. Well, so it's yeah. not totally mm. free, actually. Right.
2: But uh, it's we are not making as much money if you see how much games they are playing on the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who are would if they put in the quarters, they are putting in 10, 20, 30, 15 game, fifty games in fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. just because they um, are not used to it and they're getting. Uh, you know how hard it is to get into the game and get the the hack of it, and how to how it's working, and they just push again and again and again and try again, to, to, which you normally uh, could not do in former times. You need more months, many months, um, to to uh, to get into the game. Right. That's uh, that's uh, the idea behind it. to so, to get. Uh, to to know the game or just play an old game from former times but most of them i don't think they they would, could afford to stay to put this much money in the like they would and if you want to make a museum where the people are allowed to play the machines to to get the known to so them most of the younger guys don't even know them hmm. and you know how hard the games were, were and how hard it is to get a grip on them and um i don't think that would uh it uh, would be possible with with taxes or something. They would also say, oh, you are making a business here, not a museum. So yeah. we get a problem with taxes immediately. But I think also the intention to uh, show the games to the people, how they are working, how, how much fun they had, the, the higher rounds, how the tricks and the, uh, the things, the treats inside the game. It's only possible if you can um, play as much as you want
0: hmm.
2: and not uh, as much as money as you have.
0: So, do you find a lot of people come there and spend a lot of time, uh, you know, getting into these games and learning them and getting good at them and, and kind of coming over, you know, showing up time and again and, and, and sort of being regulars there? Mm,
2: yes, I think we have a lot of regular games. Huh? not you know, <laughs> of Open Saturday, yes, we have only <laughs> open once a month and, you know, once it's month, a lot yes. of... Mm. people and um, I think uh, nearly half of them are regular guests which are come every month or at least every second month which are really is, you know the face and you see oh that was uh, the last time sometime you get in, in, in and talk with them and uh, have some nice uh, talks with them about yeah. the old games and uh, the other half are people which are new and I um, heard it from other guys that there is a cool new museum which you have to visit and in this case we are always stuffed on normal we could open more. I could, we think we could open every Saturday if we would like to, uh, not with as such much more people, but I think it would make sense. But uh, don't have enough working people. As I told you, everybody is working for free, right. and um, museums are never um, a thing which is up even paying the rents usually.
1: But, but, despite that that you get a lot of people visiting, and you are even overfilled sometimes because people yes. sometimes have to well have to wait, wait. to get in you mm. you are still making promotion outside that is why you have seen as a press- pres, uh, representative <laughs> so how is that fitting together you you have you you are overfilled on mm-hmm. a free Saturday, but you still have a press guy and you still make more promotion for <laughs> this thing.
2: Uh, yes, so the thing yes the the thing is we are not only a museum which tries to attract as much people into the museum and make as much money of the entry fee as much as possible but we want to make the uh, a card thing a card history um preserving. So um, we want to find people not only in the region of Frankfurt, in the, uh, in the near region, some are even coming 100 and more kilometers, but most are of, uh, let's see, below 100 kilometers from the from the near region of Frankfurt, where a lot of people live, so um, that's uh, not really a problem. But there are people who are interested in this thing, um, also outside of this, who are not able to visit our museum. And I think that people should also see, uh, know what is happening, what machines we have, what machines are existing, getting the tricks, getting the information about what we are doing. We're having some... Sometimes we have tournaments uh, where the people are coming from nationwide. Yes. And uh, we even had one international pinball tournament uh, in our rooms. So um, I think it's important not only to look at the local people which are visiting, but also people which are not able to be in place. They should also be able to get information and uh, knowing that this, such a Museum exists, even if they cannot attend them every uh, week or every month. Mm.
3: Yes, and as uh, Rana told you, um, one half of the nearly 200 people are the same guys who came uh, with us uh, every month. Um, the other half is mostly um, new girls, uh, families uh, with children um, who may be a, party, uh, um, um, a childish birthday or something. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it's it's important to uh, spread the word. Hey guys, there's a museum out there um, who is um, who is um, know, how do you call it in English? Wait 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 wait. Uh, I will find that. Um, who is led by a club called uh, For Amusement Only, and um, it's all about this networking thing. Um, it's it's a cool uh, thing because you can um connect with other guys from uh nearly cross over to germany who all also like arcades and pinballs and um yeah it fits it's good it's a good thing
0: well there's such a um almost like a social sort of um theme to to arcades back in the day because you know, you would go to an arcade with your friends and you'd be playing, and, you know, you'd end up playing, you know, fighting games or whatever against somebody else that you'd never met before, and and there was, like, I, I guess that's been largely supplanted by online gaming, and, you know, you can get on your Xbox and, you know, yell at someone, you know, yeah. thousands of miles away, but, but I you know, I don't think, like, the intimacy that you had in the arcades like that, where you know, I'm playing Soul Calibur and some you know, eight year old kid comes in and, and thrashes me in it, you know, and <laughs> it, it, there's, not that kind of, um, you don't get that kind of, of, of social connection, you know, online that you would get in something like this.
3: Um, it's, it's, it's hard. Maybe in, in some chat rooms, uh, I'm never, to be honest, I never played uh, Xbox or PlayStation um, online. So I can't, Tell you if uh, if there are uh, some people are yelling at you. Um, A few years ago, I was playing Counter Strike um, uh, Source, I think. And yes, uh, there are some Russians uh, who um, who are really really uh, rude language. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in uh, but in our museum, it's um, it's it's quite. A little, little more nicer. Yeah, there are sometimes people are yelling. Um, at least at our Daytona, there you play, you can play Daytona USA with eight people. Yeah. You sit in a row, and yeah, they're they're yelling. <laughs> they are.
0: <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying is it's 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 with the this online thing. You know, you go on to play Call of Duty in some, you know. 10-year-old is shooting you and yelling at you, and, and that kind of anonymity that he's got from doing that, you know, it enables him to be really kind of nasty, whereas it was almost, I, I, I almost hate to say it, but it was kind of more civilized, you know, in, in the arcade days, when you could go in there and you had to actually, you know, you had to look at the person you were playing, because he was standing yes. right there, and if you yelled at him, he was going to hit you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, by the way, if you race against one of the ten or eight years old at Daytona, don't think that you will stand a chance against them.
0: <laughs> they're really good, yeah. Oh
2: yeah, they're uh, okay. driving you against the wall without any uh, problems. <laughs> and I mean it literally because they are pushing your car against the wall. <laughs> so yeah, you're yeah. losing a lot of time uh, regaining the, back to the.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: AJ, did you see uh, did you see some photos of from museum or something? I have not yet seen photos.
2: Oh,
0: why? Oh, I, I because I haven't been sent to <laughs>
2: <yet>. <laughs> Yes, you are invited to come in any time, but I think that's one of the problems about this uh, local um, intimacy. Uh, it's a lot of <laughs> uh, space between <laughs> yeah. Germany and. Well,
0: he keeps trying so, to get so. me out there to to go to Gamescom and all kinds of other stuff. So, you know. Oh, Gamescom is great. Yeah. That's that's so your, your you. that's your goal in life is to get me to go to Germany. So I, I guess this this would, this would be on our our itinerary of places that he's going to have to take me.
2: Yeah, they're not shooting at Americans anymore. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> so not they, 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 they are here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, the, what what we have also is uh, because we told it, we have uh, around 250 260 machines. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, more than 200, uh, one of our guys made uh, YouTube videos of them, Mm -hmm. who played them as good as he can. And he's not very, not bad. He's uh, still making some, uh, many levels in some games. And uh, so um, we made videos that you can have a look at them and see how they work. So even if you are not visiting the museum, so it makes sense to make some online activity and not say, oh, just if you don't come to us, you are out of luck. And if you're not near us, you uh, you cannot have the feeling. You know, that at least you can have some um, restore some of your um, old memories and think, oh, I, I know that game, I played it, and I played much better than this guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One dislike. <laughs> so, um, but but I guess Rainer, you never had a case that you had to pick something somebody out because of violence or something. <laughs>
2: We don't have any problems with, with violence or something. The people are seeing us really as a museum, not a, a gaming card where you put in your money and you want to get as much fun out of it, but they, they see the machines as museum parts and uh, they know that they are old machines and they have to get treated uh, good. And we don't have any problems with, uh, with violence or with people um, making, um, Bad moves or pushing them around or something. They are all behaving very good to the machines and to the other guys. And, um, the only problem we have sometimes somebody's hogging a machine, which is, uh, spent uh, half of his youth on site. And we think the other half of his life, uh, this evening at least should be also, uh, be, uh, completely on the machine. But, uh, mostly of them are seeing that there are, 100 to 99 other machines and then they are getting to the next one and leaving this one to so the next one he is uh lucky to try get try, try on it and playing it
0: what, what do you do with the uh the machine hogs that are, are spending you know 12 hours sitting on you know cruising usa or
2: whatever not letting anyone <laughs> Just... else get to it Yes, if it's um, very seldom the case. We have only one or two and sometimes uh, if he notices it, then we uh, just be friendly and ask him if he would also um, like to play a little other people play. And uh, on the other hand, most of the games are uh, at least one or two player, uh, two player games, but mm-hmm. uh, pinball, for instance, makes, uh, are four players, uh, most of the machines except some very old ones. So normally um, you don't have the be mach- hogging the machine completely for your loan, but you play with complete strangers, and that's the second one. And so it's a really a nice social feeling. Hmm. And normally we don't have any problems of this kind. Okay. It's really an exception. And they are all very friendly and kind too. If you just approach them and tell them here, they are getting out of the zone and back to normal life, and uh, showing social behavior again.
1: <laughs> so. You, you are part of, like, half of it is arcades and half of it are pinball machines,
2: okay? mm-hmm. Yes, we try to have the feeling of the old arcades, which are not usually, uh, not only pinball arcades and uh, TV games arcades, but they had both of the machines, billiard billiards, also. we have also a billiard table, a small one, in one part, because it takes a lot of space, but it's also a nice addition and gets the uh, old arcade feeling back, so it's... Uh, uh, one of the exceptions, I think in Germany, we are the only one in this size, at least, which have as this much uh, machines, arcade and pinball. There are another institution which have as much or a little more arcades, but no pinballs, only two or four. There is a one big pinball museum which have more pinballs than we, or two exactly. Yeah, I know, which have a little less more pinballs, a uh, little more, um, pinballs, but they don't have any arcades. So, um, and most of the um, our visitors uh, are like that they can uh, have a check out at both, hmm. and uh, getting some old machine.
0: Which which is your personal preference? Do you prefer the arcades or the pinballs?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I I'm, I'm collecting arcades uh, mostly. So most of my collection are arcades, so sixty or seventy two. Of them, um, but um, I think I have also five or ten pinballs. I'm not exactly sure about the number because I like people <laughs> pinballs also, but um, uh, there are enough pinball, um, pure pinball collectors there, so they, they are just uh, putting me off. And then, um, <laughs> but I don't have to collect this much pinballs, but I cannot uh, leave a good pinball alone, hmm. so it's I'm really uh belonging to both factions, I think.
1: Okay. So, which are the rarest and the oldest machines you've got? Maybe that's something to, to talk about.
2: Mm, the rarest is hard. Um, I think we have some old electromechanical machines. Um, for instance, we have a, a bowling arena, which are putting uh, bowling pins, which are not uh, only of plastic and not really standing there, which are uh, standing in the air. And um, this is a very fine machine, but it's not very rare. But uh, because a lot of people seems to have collected this, despite of the space it's taking. But I think these are uh, these electromechanical old things are really seldom found anywhere because they are uh, um, put to the um, garbage many years ago. So they're really out of focus of most people. And the oldest machine are uh, um, some of the pinballs. We have some pinball from 1958, 50, I think, where you even have um, the ball is uh, have to be pushed manually into the uh, okay. outer lane, and um, that's not electric. And uh, there's a lot of uh, mach- mechanical parts of it. And uh, this is one of the oldest machine, and uh, it's a very nice piece of uh, for a museum to, to have oh, it oh. there. How far back? How far back does pinball go, anyway? Oh, was uh, hard. The, the first. I, I don't know the exact year because I'm not a historian, historical uh, informant, but I think the first was uh, a, a nail. Uh, the pin came from nails. There's a, a word for, for nails. Right. It was uh, there were some nails put on the board, and you put just um, standing. Uh, Vertical and you put the uh, ball upside and it's throwing One of the um, I had
0: one of those in my basement. Boxes. It was um, the, the, <laughs> it was called a, a pachinko, I think. And yeah, you, you mm, put yes, the so ball up there and it would try to find its way down to whatever yes. little thing it was sitting in. Yeah,
2: it's, so, the, uh, it's a modern variant of this yeah, machine. So, it's, it's yeah. left, uh, uh, from Asia.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yes, the left derivation was in, in, in say in USA where they put the pinball machine and making it a little less. Uh, Complicated and the pachinko oh. are the direct uh, uh, after in the other side, which is the, the, developed in this direction. Uh, oh. This was the same principle, and I think it's 1940 around, it was oh. very early. Wow. And um, it, it is uh, told, uh, it, it's, it's looked at as the first pinball machine in oh. this case, because you have the element of the ball, uh, a steel ball, and you have the element of targets you have to hit. Mm-hmm. um even they are only pin uh, pin banks or how you call it pin holes and um and so i think that's uh is great. it's quite as the first pinball machine oh. this is, but uh,
3: something between uh 1915 i think it's um mm-hmm. uh, from Gottlieb um he mm-hmm. was the first who invented the flipper fingers
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's, that's...
3: um um wait 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 um Ah, it's 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 it called with the name from this uh, Alice uh, Alice in Wonderland. Was um, um, that a boss? Nah, 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 nah. The the X. The the. Um, there was an X sit on, a, on, on 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 a wall or something. Um, Humpty Dumpty. Oh yeah, yes. Sorry, sorry. Uh, just. Uh, I thought you said I an
0: axe think... on a wall, and I was like an axe. Right? Yes. Did I say X? That's what I sound like, but an egg. Yeah, that's. Egg. I'm sorry. Sorry for my. <laughs> it's like an axe egg. on the wall. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Mm. That uh, was uh, the first. Uh, the, the flippers uh, on the uh, lower side was, uh, the, I think, the breakthrough, which made it in the, in the mass pub public that uh, people like it because you got, then you first got control about the machine and about mm. the ball. And of course, if it's uh, before that, it was more or less luck. Could be a little skill shot, how much you put the, uh, how much speed you put inside, but it was uh, uh, deliberately a lot of luck. But mm-hmm. after the pinballs, uh, the flippers were invented and added, uh, the people got a lot of more control. In it. And you know that um, pinballs were a long time ago in America were forbidden as uh, a <laughs> music, not as, as a music game of skill, but as a game of luck. So they were really, yes, and I think it was in the 70s, Roger Sharp was it, I think, it's uh, famous for that, Um, because he, they they made them a lot of money for it, for for these pit malls and wanted to make it uh, into the uh, normal law, to, to allow it by law, not getting it under the table. There are even some pinballs uh, which were small and built that you could put a, a card box on it which were made looking it like a cigarette machine cigarette spending machine so if you, the police came in, you could put the box about it and they made a not an illegal gaming machine but a legal cigarette box <laughs> so that was one of these famous tricks and uh, so they put in uh, really they put in a pinball machine is the story that in into the um, j- department of justice to the uh, to the um, uh, courtroom and he put it in there and he showed that he was able to play this machine with skills. He, he said, put somebody there and let him play and he played f- 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And then Roger told, got put up and said, now I will aim for this lane and then I will make this point. And I we shoot for this point and was able to play 15, 10, 15 minutes. And um, this um, was is the story that the court then was... Uh, um, accepting that it is a game of skill and not a game of luck, obviously, because it was shown them in front up them in the room hmm. it 's a nice story I think it's uh, at least partially true and after that the people, the um, the industry of pinballs exploded because it now was legal, and you don 't have to uh, had any problems any tricks, and you could officially sell the machines to everyone who would wanted to have them and this was a lot of people i 'm
0: hmm. learning things, Eric.
1: I didn't know that it's <laughs> totally interesting <Great. laughs> <That's... clears
2: throat>
1: so, so I guess it must also be hard to repair the machines. I know for example that you have um, a horse racing game machine mm-hmm. that wasn't running for 30 years.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, that was uh, it's one of also of our old and valuable things That uh, is in discrete logic so you don't have any CPU like in the most. Um, TV games, but um, the whole game was with chips, basically, put together with chips, and um, these chips were old, and they were broken, and um, then uh, one of our newer members who was very uh, good in digital electronics and in finding such things. He used an oscilloscope and he was tracing this and tracing that. And then he fixed one chip and then um, at least half of the game was running. He also saw a picture. Then the next he fixed it that half of the uh, horses that were little Small pixel horses were jumping about yeah. uh, little blocks. Uh, very easy game, but um, what it was, you had really six buttons, so six games, six player, six player game. Yeah, could mm. and, and should play against uh, a simple horse racing game. Six horses on the same time simultaneously on the screen. So he, the second part was then uh, three of them were working, and then he has had to search a lot for the last missing chip, which just was broken. Very. Um, very slightly, very complicated way, not completely broken, but uh, functioning halfway. So he found this also, and then he we had um, for the first time in years. I I, I also bought it broken, <laughs> The first time in years uh, we had this game working. And it's a really nice game playing with six guys um, at this desk is exactly what you told A J. For it's a really familiar and uh, an experience you cannot have online. <laughs> right. Especially if you, uh, the people are hitting you and, and, and <laughs> pushing and, and uh, make me more, some space because uh, the machine is a little uh, more, uh, bigger than normal machines, but not big enough for six people. Yeah, to
3: so be yeah. stand with six people before this machine. Um, just for um, if you want to Google it, uh, the, uh, the name of the machine is Steeplechase. It's from Atari. Okay and um the the funny thing is it's um a black and white uh tv monitor but with um color overlays six color overlays oh, so it,
0: okay
3: so so it looks like oh it's a, a color tv yeah and each of the horses has, has another color <laughs>
2: And because they are only uh, getting each was with one line, it's one space and one line on the screen, so it was easy. Just just put one <laughs> yellow stripe and just some uh, pink yeah. stripe and some green stripe. So you had the green horse, even there's uh, no color on the monitor. <laughs> it's just uh... <laughs> yeah, the ways they did it back then. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's uh, interesting thing because color monitors weren't uh, even born or at least even affordable at this time.
0: Well, That was a big thing so, with I think what was it like the uh, the Intellivision or or something one of the first machines there they'd had the the overlays. It wasn't necessarily that the the machine well, this, didn't have different I games. Think. The overlay itself was the game. So all you, you had a, <laughs> you had a dot and you you know you had to keep score yourself and you put this thing on your screen and that was that was the game. I think it's what Odyssey or something.
1: Hmm. Yes, from uh, Ralph Baer. Yeah. Yeah. Odyssey box. Um. Walkney, um yeah, Odyssey box. Magna box. Yes. Yeah. Magna ah, no. Yes. 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 Yeah. And also a similar console using that concept is the Red Tracks. This great console. Back, yes. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: You, can... you bought the overlay with the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly,
1: yes. Um, okay, so... So... Um, um, so you spend a lot of money and time sometimes to repair the games. And um, now now I know, for example, we, there is this wing war machine in it, and sometimes people don't know that but the spare parts are really very expensive i mm-hmm. think to remember for example the flight stick for wing balls was like 400 euros per piece mm.
2: yes and we need two of them yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, that's uh one of the problems um you don't get the uh spare parts or you get them at least very expensive maybe um, that's one of the problems. Sometimes you can put another part, but something special like this, uh, flight sticks, you don't get anywhere, so you have to find someone who found them somewhere. I think most of them um, are having the old stock in, uh, in the garage or just um, have a broken machine, which they uh, slaughtered and put the spare parts to for selling. And so that's one of the hard things, getting some uh, complicated and special parts. And so, but even, uh, we have even problems getting normal things like monitors, um, are getting harder to come by uh, every year. You, you don't get them simply because, um, this old, all, everybody is buying and, uh, selling and, uh, making LCDs and, um, you don't get any of the old tube monitors. Yeah. They are getting up in price and, um, sometimes you don't get them in the right size. If you have a non-standard, we have one big machine which has a very big, unusual tube monitor which you just don't get. It was a special, um, special creation the, the time when it was bought when it was made already, and uh, it's not to get. And so um, we we don't have any chance with repairing this machine, this thing. Yeah,
0: does anything still make tube?
2: Like, like I don't here. think so.
0: No. Yeah, they're they're they're. Yeah, they're
2: long gone. Um, I'm not aware of uh, so no 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 factory for making tubes, not for TVs, and of course not for um, arcades. Yeah, it's so kind of a shame to... because
0: you can retro-engineer stuff. I've seen some that have LCDs mm. that have been retro-engineered to to take the mm. place of that. But there's something there's something inherent in the old CRTs that just looks better and and kind of it's, it's brighter and it's more vivid and and mm. you know the LCDs can't. They they can't match it, really.
2: Yes, you have a different characteristic of behavior. You right. have to know the old tubes are phosphoric, and if you put the beam about it, then they are um, have the lighting uh, some milliseconds afterwards, so uh, they are much brighter. If an LCD, if you don't uh, put power on the pixel, then it's out. So it yeah. gets out immediately. And then if you put the old game, which is basically relying on this uh, afterglow, um, because uh, they don't have the timing, and uh, so it looks bad on the LCD. Not because the LCD has a better color, or that, but because it it's behaving in his um, complete behaving otherwise than right. the or tube. And the games were designed, and uh, never, knew, and not ever, they didn't even know that LCD was possible at this time.
0: This is ripe for a Kickstarter campaign. Eric. someone's got to come up with like the new CRT. <laughs> <laughs>
2: retro CRT, yes, retro <laughs>
0: CRT, exactly. Yeah, they're bringing everything else back. Why not that? Mm, R-
2: yes. <laughs> yeah. We have some little. Um, uh, we have some uh, results with having uh, some old TVs. Some, mm-hmm. if you have a TV um, a, a machine from the TV from the right years, then they have an uh, RGB input mm-hmm. you can use, and. Um, but they are not matching perfectly it's, uh, you need them in the right size and they need, not everyone is able to cope with the timings of the old machine um, because they are very um, very sensitive to the timings of the, the machines right. and of course it's not a pure um, tv signal not as perfectly as they are used to so not everyone is working but uh, let's say 3 out of 5 you can get to work mm. if the size matches of course Yeah.
1: And how about the arcade machines themselves? Um, For example, when when I was in Brazil in 2012 in an arcade, I noticed that, for example, the Street Fighter machines were actually MAME PCs. Mm -hmm. um, Because you would see a slight delay when you move your fighters.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, um, it is uh, true. MAME is also, you know, the sense of MAME is to preserving the old hardware to... to, um, To have it uh, documented and uh, as a nice side effect you can also play it and um, we have one or two machines where the uh, original hardware is either not inside i had one which was just cleaned out somebody did cut off uh, all the wires and uh, put another uh, game into it so um, it was impossible to get the old one so we put a main pc in it Um, and um, yeah let's say it's better than uh, having a not working machine but it's not it's close to the original, but it's not original. If you are very good at the game, you can uh, make have some different, you can uh, notice the different timings. Mostly, I think it's uh, if you use a faster PC, then uh, most of the timings you use a newer version and then you get a better timing. And I think we, we have uh, some as less as possible with MAME in our arcade, and uh, the people don't notice the difference because. They're using fast PCs which uh, uh, run the emulation very good. Mm. But it's not the same, yes. Uh, You can notice a difference, you're very very good in the game.
1: And as as far as I remember, Mm -hmm. there's also an arcade machine that isn't in MAME yet, because it's so rare and most of of the time those machines don't work anymore nowadays.
2: Yes, well, we have uh, the old, for instance, simple chase is not in MAME because MAME uh, basically uh, assumption is that the game has a CPU running. That's one of the basic assumption in in MAME. Um, so, and this are discrete logic, and um, you would, you cannot. Um, There's no module in MAME. You have to write it from scratch completely, so you wouldn't have any usage from MAME because of the many modules in MAME. Then this uh, we have. And then we have something like the SU2000, which is a VR machine from 1993, I think. Zina, do you mm-hmm. know the date? 1990, I uh, so let's say uh, 90, 90, I 90, 1990, I think. 1990,
3: 1991.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, well, in, early, in the early 90s, um, they're making its first VR um, experiences. And this machine is not in Maine because they use the CPU 8800 which is not emulated by MAME because it's very seldom CPU and you don't get any information, it's even in the net. Mm-hmm. So it's not uh, inside MAME, you, you're missing a, a, a module you could um, You could port it to MAME or it's even ported to MAME but the graphic isn't working because the uh, main CPU, which the RISC CPU is doing the 3D rendering, is not supported in MAME. So somebody would have to write a 8800 mm-hmm. module so okay. this also. But fortunately this hardware is still working. Hmm. Until
0: now. So we're talking. We about, don't break. Yeah, so we're talking about uh restoring and, and fixing a lot of this stuff. And there's a lot of like you were talking before, certain things like the the um, the controller, like the like the handles or the, the knobs or whatever can sometimes Box, be hard yeah. to find. Yeah. Um, but there's like a lot of like 3d printing and stuff like that coming out. How do you, does that work into it? Or do you try to keep away from that and keep with the authentic original pieces? Because, because a lot of this stuff you could, you know, at this point you could just have it sort of made, here's some plans printed out that I've got a new, a new knob or a new button, you know? Mm. So is it, is it about keeping it as authentic and original as it is? Or, or do you make allowances for, for adding in modern stuff if, if it's, if it's easier, kind of?
2: Um, both. <laughs> um, we would like to be as authentic as possible, but if not, as we are you we are using MAME, because better we have a MAME than nothing. And exactly as this was 3D printing, we had for one um, example, we had um, a gear in a, one of the... Um, uh steering wheels which is was broken and um some of the guy uh used the gear made a 3D copy of it and uh sampled it and rastered it and worked on it and put it to the uh, an online printing shop and he put three versions because it cost me the same as one and each of them broke one after one because the material was not as hard as the original mm. gear which was um seemed to be a much more harder plastic but even that broke so um we, and it's a hard work to, to resolve this. We have to put the whole machine out and put the, the, the old gear in the, and then put the new gear on it. And um, basically, um, yes, we would. Um, but the problem is um, there is no such thing as a 3D copier, which we would need. So you mm-hmm. put it then left the, the old gear and on the right, you get the new gear. You have to put a lot of work in the example. And then, of course, you could reproduce this many times. But normally, you know, if you have only one machine, you don't need it three times, right. except if it's not working. But then the whole effort, um, we ended in um, shelling out the money for a metal gear, uh, which we bought in an online shop in USA, which took some weeks until it was there, we put it in and we never had any problems with that afterwards. And uh, mm. this was not 3d printed as far as I know. <laughs> it was one of the new old stock. Okay. So, uh, but we we would do if we uh, we would uh, like to do more with three D printing, but it's but I think it's the the only way to get uh, the older machines restored. But because you don't get the old uh, hmm. parts anymore, right? Less and less every year. You're getting uh, getting harder to come by. Yeah.
0: How much new old stock is floating around out there? Because I've seen some stuff online about restoring these games, and, and there's a lot of of a lot of stuff that you can't it's tough to find like the the cabinets themselves and you see uh, sometimes when they've been sitting in a in a basement you know the wood on the cabinet starts to rot on the, around the bottom and and you know it it's fixing stuff like that has got to be really difficult because because you know each one was kind of you know a cu- almost a custom thing you know and and, and mm-hmm. they they don't have you know spare cabinet panels laying in some warehouse somewhere so how would you go? How do you go about like fixing that kind of thing, or do you just sort of you know put some tape over it and hope no one notices? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, mostly the later, <laughs> we put some tape about, and uh, because uh, we have a lot of machines and a lot of work, and we um, try to get as much of them working, and um, we don't have time to make everything. Uh, in perfect condition. Mm. It's really bad. We need, would need more people about it. So if everybody, somebody is seeing this and living near Frankfurt, is always invited to come by and doing some, uh, some restoring and positioning stuff. Uh, there are people which are making its own plastics and um, there are even people which are able to fix this stuff, but um, it takes a lot of time mm. and, uh, uh, sometimes it gets done when someone some uh, member said, ah, "I like this and I want to have it as perfect and then he really puts weeks and uh, months into work it and puts the machine in perfect condition. We also have that, but mostly we um if it's not uh, really broken and not very much too bad, then we leave it this way and try to um, prevent further damage so mm. put some tape that it's not rotting more than they need to be. Mm,
1: okay. Well, what what has to be understood uh, because I was once helping repair a Defender machine is that sometimes even machines were altered to something else that 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 earned more money back in the day. For example, there was a Defender machine that was turned into a poker machine and then was turned back into a Defender machine for the for the only Museum. So so sometimes. Um, when it was operated it was altered for, for a different game that would earn more money mm. Mm. I mean that's one of the stories I remember and and I guess about the um, spear parts, I guess the biggest problem would be the play fields of the pinballs getting, mm. getting rotten and old because the the steel ball running over it and with time played it would well say is that, is that uh, really an
0: issue cuz i don't you know i see i see a lot of pinball machines that are you know 10,000 years old and i mean they've got they've had steel balls rolling on them this this whole time and but you don't see too many i i, I at least i haven't seen so much damage from that like a rut or something where the ball lives it's not rotten.
3: It's uh, sometimes the the color, the the, the mm. motives are uh, crackle up or something, and um, then you get uh, some um, yeah, not a plain uh, pinball uh, pinball field. Mm. Um, it's mostly of the color. It's not the the wood.
2: Right. But it depends. Uh, the modern things have a protector on it. Mm. They put on it, but the older ones. Um, are um, more or less prone to this erasure from the steel balls, and yeah. if you know the the path where the, the ball is running in high speeds, and you can see that the uh, is down, the color is down, is wearing down or wear down, or even in very bad condition, it's down down basically, but down to the bar, to the wood wooden playfield below. Wow. So that is. um, hard to fix um, because um, you could put polo- color on it, but it would get erased um, even faster because it's, uh, uh, to it get the right color. <laughs> and there uh, so, yeah, are people who are trying to work on it with putting um, two component um, uh, screening on it. Uh, they, they are making it with basic with watercolor and then put a two uh, component lacquer uh, component finish over it. To, to make it resistant, but uh, it's a lot of work and um, you need to be very skillful so otherwise you're ruining the complete play field uh, in a state which is much more worse than before, mm. which also happens sometimes so, <laughs> so many people often says okay let's let's leave it this way and uh, hopefully that it's not getting too bad bad in shape, not getting too much worse okay.
1: Interestingly, pinball machines are getting a kind of a revival. I mean, there are even companies, new companies, creating new pinball machines. Maybe did you should were, talk a bit about that. Did they ever stop? Because making? people usually think there are no more machines made nowadays.
2: Um, are. Um, there was a big breakdown when Bailey & Williams closed their shop. Then uh, it was nearly zero production. I think some smaller maybe but uh, so but uh, pinballs were never out of uh, the public interest and out of the public um, viewing and people were collecting them, private collectors and uh, nowadays there are I think three companies um, which are making them and um, interesting is that over half of the production as far as I heard is going directly into private hands Yes, people are really shelling out a lot of money um, just to get their own um, private pinball in private
0: hmm.
2: at home, and not in that case. And the overall numbers are much, much lesser than before. I think a good pinball um, is now, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, uh, the numbers are correct, but I think three or 5,000 is a, a very high number. And before, they are um, much more greater numbers hmm. put out.
0: So I've never really thought of pinball as as almost being in the same um the same league as as the as the arcade machines because i don't know there's a different it's a there's a different tactile kind of feel to it you know you you know you're smacking the thing and you can feel it moving and and making noise and stuff and and it never never seemed to go out of style to me as far as i could tell by by just you know going places and seeing them i felt it was kind of almost like a Almost kind of like the same, like those claw machines where you try to grab the (laughs) the thing, you know, or, and they never really went out of style either, but yeah, I guess it makes sense if, as the, uh, as the whole arcade industry kind of dropped, so did, uh, so did them.
2: I think the main difference is that uh, you can, uh, a good old TV arcade game could be played on a computer, because it basically was a computer, it was a screen, and the only difference is the haptic, because you have a joystick, but you got joysticks uh, at home, Um, you have even steering wheels at home, and the difference is much, it's not as good and not as nice but uh, it's nearly as good and you know right. nearly as good as for most people good enough good enough mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, much more cheaper of course because you don't have to share money but right. you can never um, simulate a pinball on a computer because you're missing the the, the rolling you can feel the, the, the steel ball rolling on the, on the plate you can feel it vibrating if you put the flippers and you feel the clack clack you can feel it you hear it you feel it um, um, the, uh, you have really a physical a ball which is running every not as not identical in every game of course you try to make it the same shots but uh, really every game is uh, different because of the physical effects so on this you will never simulate on a computer right uh, and um, this haptic is feeling you know they are video game video how it's called video pinballs
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, which you maybe know which are simulating they have a really big um, uh, LCD screen usually mm-hmm. in in the body, which is showing um, the game in perfect uh, solu- resolution, but um, it's not the same. You're missing the vibrations. You're missing the feel. You see that it's a picture. You cannot look from the side and then you see the same view as before. If you go look at pinball from the side, you see an, another angle. It's really right. um, it's not the same game. It's a nice game. Visual, visual pinball is a nice game for at home I'm playing much many machines in one body but it's not the same game and you will never get the same feeling and um there is not it's really a game of skill and um which is really uh more physical than anything else and if i see we have a lot of um, families in our museum i think uh, one third of the visitors are children and they are playing the pinballs uh, for life, because this is real, what they don't have at their uh, console, at their computer, at their handy or at their tablet.
1: Right. But pinballs are not really very cheap. So I I noticed when I was visiting the former only a lot of people are asking what would it cost if I want one at home.
2: Um, that's the same as you asked what would it cost me if I want to have a car
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um you uh, there are different ages of pinballs old ones middle ones new ones and um the the older ones are cheaper because they are not um not so um so so interesting they are a little more boring. Many people say the old ones with the ting ting are the, the only f- pinballs and the other are just new stuff which I dislike but uh, plug like in cars, old, new, and middle ones. And then the state of the machine is important. Is it working? Is it uh, in bad shape? The play field, as we told. If the play field is in bad shape, you will, it will, it will not be able to fix it, basically. Um, for not not with the normal efforts. So, um, and then uh, the last thing you have to remember, um, they are, as I told you, they are physical machines. Physical means um, things get broken. There is a hard uh, steel ball, which is really uh, jumping around and something is breaking something. And sometimes just the rubbers are going out, the the light bulbs are wearing out, the coils are wearing out, and you have to fix, be able to fix them. It's not this hard as it sounds, but it's not for everyone. So it's like a car where you have, uh, if you buy a car, you need some someone who is repairing your car sooner or later. And that's the problem with pinballs. And arcade games are less prone to that because they are not physical games. Drive the
0: pinball machine down to the shop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, but um, normally you buy them from private persons, hmm. since, you know, that are uh, yeah. not much official sellers. And um, if it's broken, you can say, okay, fix it. And if they say, okay, we can fix it, but it costs you so and so, then um, you have also a problem in the later run.
0: Yeah.
2: So um, that's one also one of the um, reasons for our club where he is excelling, because we are repairing machines ourselves and we help people repairing their machines as well. Preferable if they are belonging to the club because we have a lot of work to do with these machines. But our intention is not to make as much money, um, but to get these things. Uh, restored and um, get as much working machines in the world as possible.
0: Well, there you go. It's better to better to go to the museum and play them there where they're going to work yes. and have one yourself and break it
2: and then
0: never, yes. never be able to get it fixed.
2: <laughs> yes. Always a little help and uh, it's also possible to, to fix them. if It's not a bad problem. Mm-hmm. The electronics, most of the problems are not really that hard. But if somebody tells you, oh, I know that and you need this pair part, um, they're also getting harder to come by if the machine is older of course um, but for the newer machines they are even um, uh, new uh, spare parts which are made coils and so are still produced in uh, for a lot of machines
1: um we spoke a lot in this podcast about the retro hype that is going along since a couple of years so did you notice? Just- a change um, that's affecting the former owner museum in the past six
2: years. Um, uh, the museum is still is getting more popular every year. I think that's, uh, well, but I think because the people are discovering us more or less because we are not very good at PR, so we have done that to so, so improve that a little. I but don't. it's more <laughs> it's mostly word of mouth. People are discovering us. But, um, what I noticed that a lot of other uh, clubs are, um, are getting up. uh, There's somebody in Dortmund and somebody there in the Saarland. And even I know of two other collectors in Frankfurt, which are collecting for quite some time. One of them opened his shop to the public because, um, I think the retro hype is increasing and a lot of people have some. Um, parts in the cellar or some machines in the cellar, and uh, they are noticing that other people are also interested in that. They are not alone. They are not the only guys around. And so, are they opening small little clubs? And um, f- then, uh, and this also sh- seems to be working. But it seems to be able to make uh, to get a little. Uh, this the it as a hobby, uh, and finding other people which are visiting your location and uh, getting other friends together and building up a local club, uh, not every one of them is open to public because that is additional efforts, letting people in and ruining your, ruining your, ruining your machines is not for everyone, but um, there are a lot of, uh, if you have the right connections, you can find a lot of guys with 10, 20 machines sitting around, uh, playable.
1: So, so what are the other things you are doing? Um, for example, Zenat, um, you are making public relations, you are also going out and taking the machines to other events in other places. Maybe talk a bit about that.
2: Um, yes, we put on the Gamescom. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of our biggest events. But a lot of uh, local preferable in the near uh, Rhein-Main region. Um, smaller events, Retro-Börse or something. But we're even visiting the VCFE Vintage Computing Festival Europe in Munich. But I think that's the, our um, biggest range, which we are visiting regularly, but mostly in the uh, Rhein-Main area. Here. Hmm. Just because of effort, um, as I told you, that are not stamps, which are put in a book and um, put on the arm and uh, driving to something that you always need some big transportation vehicle. And uh, it's a lot of uh, lugging around and uh, the backs are not getting better with the, uh, with the ages. <laughs> So we limit that. But we, we find it good. We, we like to present them not only in the museum, um, but also on other locations and finding other people which are interesting and often also finding new members for the um, museum Lovely. because the more members we have, the more things we can do because it's a lot of work to do. And that's also one of the reasons Zenart is working on Facebook and working on the website and making relation because uh, even input um, with, uh, um, from, from the sort of also have a machine and send pictures of a working machine, for instance, and seeing what can be fixed and how it look like. Uh, artwork is uh, helping the, the, mission, the mission to get arcade to, to stay uh, stay alive.
1: So, what's the feedback say? when you do public relations out there. What's the feedback you get from people when they hear about Forum Rossmoor only? Um, to be honest, uh, feedback uh, feedback can kind of
3: uh, yeah, great stuff, uh, great museum. Um, um, I think I get nearly every day, um, especially after the Saturdays, after the first Saturday in the month when the museum is open. Um, don't forget, uh, one, uh, one thing is the museum, as the FAMS, as the Flip arcade museum selingschatt in German, and um, the other thing is the club, the for amusement only. And um, some people don't know that these both, uh, I, I, I say groups, are um, not really um, uh, how do you call it? Um, they a little bit to spare off, because um, not everyone who's going in the museum thinks about the club, and not everyone who hears the club thinks about the museum, and uh, that's the uh, that's the point we got two uh, Facebook pages, one for the museum, one for the club, and um, the tricky part is to um, do the PR for a club. Uh, just to tell people, oh, uh, we are the for amusement only. We repair stuff. We uh, got new stuff. We got a new flipper, uh, pinball machine. We got a new arcade. Um, and the other part is, hey, we got a museum. Uh, hey, people, come to us, visit our museum, play some games, visit some nice uh, 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 guys, um, um, just interact with the people. And uh, if you got more interests to our machines or you got some uh, old machines in your cellar or something, um, join our club be a part of our club, uh, learn how to fix them, help us to fix our stuff. Um, like networking. So, and, um, as I told you, um, nearly every Saturday I got mails or, or um, um, I use sometimes my, my Twitter account for Retrobla. It's, um, uh, maybe, you know, uh, we got a, a show, uh, in the museum. Um, I told link, my link uh, in
0: the podcast description.
3: Yeah, link in the podcast description. Um, um, I use my Twitter account, RetroBla, for, um, sometimes for PR for, for the museum. And um, especially through Twitter, I just connected to some other people from Germany who never heard of uh, the FAMS, the Philippon Academy Museum, and the us, And it's great. And um, that's the reason why I have um, um, just uh, opened a new Twitter account for the Flipper and Arcade Museum. Um, it's uh, nearly new. It's uh, like Virgin. I never use them because uh, I will use it when our website, new website, gets uh, online. Um, and it's called uh, Flipper Arcade. At Flipper Arcade and our new website uh, have the name uh, www.wwww.flipperundarkade mm-hmm. instead of and it's German. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: nice.
3: But sometimes we had. But sometimes we. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, um, for two months or three months we had we had an um, we had a soldier from Wiesbaden uh, from the U.S. states. He was uh visiting us with an uh, friend from Germany hmm. and he loved it. He said um in the USA more clubs uh, uh no more clubs more arcade stations or arcade halls uh, get closed and uh, as he was a teenager he uh, spent so a lot, uh, lot of money in these machines and now he's in Germany um, I mean I think 2 years now uh, and never heard of us hmm. and it's fine. Yeah.
0: So so um Okay, so the the museum and the club are kind of they're they're parallel entities. Does does the museum host anybody else, any other clubs, or 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 would they? No, 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 yeah. no. So if there was the, another arcade or, or pinball club that wanted to like rent out the the place for, a- you must see it uh, um, from from the different side. Uh, mm-hmm. The the.
3: <laughs> um, the founders of the um, uh, for amusement only from the club mm. just searched it for a big house or a big hall where okay. they can uh, just uh, put in their stuff. So he founded club and then made this club to a museum.
2: So the museum is our club home okay. yeah, at, the, at the same time. So we use it uh, in the when we are not open to public, we use it as a club home, okay basically. And uh, we need the time between the open days for repairing, maintaining, and uh, just getting some new machines to work sometimes and just cleaning up. Hmm. And uh, so um, we wouldn't be able to hold any um, other uh, locations or parts. We, we make some tournaments sometimes, some local tournaments, so in between, uh, but in any case, it needs to be related to, to the arcade scene either a pinball or arcade. We have uh, Arcade Forum uh, meetings there the yearly because it's, of course, a great place to meet them, uh, to meet in place, which are hosted by us. And we have the Flipper Liga tournament, which is part of us because uh, we have a lot of machines there. So it's ideal for a nationwide tournament where you just need many machines to get 140 people playing out there. Yeah. Yes, we are still like licking our wounds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so but it's any case it's a related and uh, I do not open to, to public uh, events Some some people are asking, can we hold uh company events there or can we hold uh
0: Birthday parties or Christmas
2: or... something and uh it's uh, I, I try to only if it's directly a related. Hmm. For instance. Okay. it makes any sense or
0: Absolutely.
2: at least has some good connection to one of the members or something
0: hmm.
3: yeah Jörg if you want to party
0: uh... <laughs>
3: <laughs> too bad,
1: too bad. <laughs> I, am, I mostly let people invite me so or I'm coming on my own but Jörg you're you also up a member of the
3: doorstep. film only or yes, yes of course I'm a member oh. yeah you can party <laughs> oh, <there> you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Aj- you can invite AJ
0: yeah yeah, mm. he he knows he knows he knows the, the the password at the
2: door. You know, it's Qbert
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: um,
2: but, but, yeah, but on Qbertish Oh like yeah,
1: like in bracket rouse <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Um. And you also had visitors from abroad, for example, Peter Smet, Frankie, who is a demo-scener, he also Mm -hmm. was at the Firmus only a couple of times, and Mm -hmm. I was there too, and he held even presentations. So sometimes they have presentations at the Mm -hmm. place. Um, I think one was called How to Not Suck at Pinball. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes, uh, that's great. Title. It was very nice that uh, Peter is also um, not only Dean Mosin, but he's also a cadre-related, because he also is interested in this team, and he knows how to play pinball and how to not suck at pinball, and uh, he uh, had actually had, he had two um, of uh, two um, of the speeches at us, so one was not to suck at pinball, and one was about the... Um, a uh, copyright problem with Arcade PCBs and um, how it was not possible to get them through. They they told that they had a nice, very interesting talk about the copyright protection schemes they invented and they made and how they were broken faster than you could develop the next one because the money making out of Arcade PCBs was so much that they really um, couldn't stand uh, any chance. Uh, against uh, copyright infringements, because uh, the, the demand for PCBs was so high that the people are really cracking them and, uh, again, putting the uh, copies, cheap copies of them into the market. Mm. But uh, there are a lot of different uh, protection schemes, and it was very interesting, his speech, um, how they were thought, how they are working, and how they were cracked. All in English, uh, so I'm not yeah. sure if every of the German visitors was understanding every word, but uh, it was a nice talk, anyhow. And uh, Peter is, of course, a great personality, he's um, a good talker. And uh, if he's standing in front, of people are listening to him, even they don't understand a word.
1: So, where do you want to go with the club and the museum? What are your next plans?
2: i think now that the the basics are settled that we have a clubhouse and a working open saturday in public i think we we need to concentrate more on this um this museum topics more than the um the informations uh, we have a lot of informations which are just in our brain just of informations like peter with his um speeches or so. we would like to to uh, add up on the speeches so that i would like to have a speech on every open saturday that would be nice uh, again and uh, we would like to have some speeches maybe so in between and uh, just put them on youtube or something um, just share some information here yeah. yeah. sh- share the information so, so you get more of this uh, that this uh, information is not lost I want to even make to things like um, how to play a pinball or how to play this pinball, the specific machines, or how to play this arcade machine, how to play, how to not suck at Pac-Man, how to not suck at <laughs> as, as, how to not So you, um, you're getting a short um, knowledge of the machine, how it is done, how it is worked. We have an article series in the Return Magazine, which where we have, um, in each issue we have an uh, arcade machine, which is handled. We had uh, Crystal Castle in the next one, and we have mm-hmm. Peter Boy. N- you know, we, we deliberately t- took not such mainstream things, which everybody knows. Uh, okay, the next time we will make a space invaders on uh, specific demands, but uh, uh, that's, uh, exotic machines are not getting lost, and that's a lot of knowledge, starting from the hardware which they are relying, uh, sitting on, uh, which CPU is inside, but also on the ideas behind or on the stories uh, behind, on the... Um, for this paper boy, there's a nice story about this handle. There's a handle. You're driving a, a little bicycle and this handle was the first edition was very fragile and uh, the prototype was ripped off the handle by the, on the first try, somebody checked it and it was back to design. And these little stories are interesting and nice and uh, think valuable and should not get forgotten somewhere. So we think we will put that. Yeah. Cool.
3: And I'm working uh, at the moment at one uh, um, story for. Um, that's the reason I showed you a few hours, few minutes ago. Where well, um, yeah. the, the, these games for the Atari, because I just want uh, to make um, where's uh, to make some uh, a picture gallery from the original arcade uh, arcades and their portals uh, on on uh, other consoles and something like uh joe's or um even um i like that i know uh, it's a podcast you can't see it but uh, you three guys sure. can see it um no, we will make it's a video podcast, this is a video podcast. <laughs> we're getting all oh, this it's a video podcast yeah okay yeah. Uh, like fapper oh i mean tapper <laughs> um, for uh, the commodore 64 mm-hmm. um from sega and um, I like that machine, root beer Trevor, because it got uh, a little. Do you know that game?
0: Uh,
3: Where you spend some
0: beers yes. to other guys. Yes, I do. Yeah, know it, yeah.
3: It's it's a really nice machine, and I like uh, the artwork and the um, the bars and the, uh, the 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 buttons. The handles. Well, it's the handles. I'm sorry. Right. The handles mm-hmm. looks like a beer handle. Right. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Um, that's my personal project because uh, there's so much good, nice machines at the museum, and um, there's some games uh, everybody knows because they had some good portals uh, to uh, home computers and consoles.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool to see the ports too because so many times you know you'd have a you'd have a great game in the con in in, in the arcade like like tapper there with the you know throwing the things there and then the port comes along and I I've never played the the C64 version but I can only imagine it's crap because that's what most C64 <laughs> ports were it is and um that's the reason I uh,
3: just uh, bought um Paperboy uh,
1: even on a C64 <laughs> uh
3: wooden arcade on it yeah it's the bimix bars here
1: yeah yeah, interesting story about the arcades. You you even once had um, a Wreck-it Ralph arcade, uh, Fix It Felix, mm-hmm. and one of your members bought. Uh, no, no, he he built up an arcade, Fix It Felix, and it was even put in a cinema.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, it was one of our projects Sorry. we uh, we had. It was a nice thing. Uh, uh, Wreck-it Ralph was coming in the German. Uh, cinemas and it's called Fix-It Felix in Germany and the um, as you probably know there were I think 10 or 20 machines built especially for the for the for the movie um, out of scratch, it's, uh, and, um, you, we, uh, made the artwork, we used the cabinet, which was locking similarly, not exactly, um, but similarly put the artwork on it, put the uh, handlebar on it, put the control panel on it, put a marquee on it, and put a PC inside where the Racket drive um, online flash game, which was available online, was running in an, uh, <laughs> auto- automated boot loop. So you really had a Racket Ralph there for uh, some times and, uh, then uh, we, there was a cinema in Offenbach, which was asking, um, and we, we lent them for uh, some weeks uh, in the in the uh, uh, in the entry region, just as a um, just an event for for interesting for guys. I think it was on free play, so you can you could not put any money in it, otherwise you're getting problems with taxes as I already told. <laughs> And uh, just just was uh, a great thing and a great fun thing to to build a not existing machine.
1: Yes, I mean there are a lot of projects you are doing. Um, for example, you once had an exhibition about Macintosh Apple.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, um, we have a small uh, glass uh, house, a glass region for in the former. But it was a conference room from the former. Um, uh, people which are uh, sitting inside in there and uh, we didn't thought what we could do then we make little small uh, small little exhibitions there the first we started with a 70 years room it was a nice couch and uh, a nice old tv and an old arcade console of course inside so it was looking like a living room from the 70s mm-hmm. then we had a uh, um, multiplayer pc multiplayer uh, Session there, you could play some online, so some uh, usual LAN, mini LAN party, uh, you could call it. Um, We had problem finding the correct software there. We could not play a Doom when we are letting kids inside. Uh, So we have some strategy game. I think Command and Conquer or something was. Yes, yes, Command and Conquer, Red Mm -hmm. Alert,
1: exactly. And Red Alert, um,
2: (laughs) because it was a compromise, of course, when when everybody was leaving and we were um, only club members, then we put in Doom and uh, <laughs> Counter Strike on the machines, <laughs> which was a lot more fun. But uh, and it, for the daily business, it was a little hard. Then we had this uh, Macintosh um, exhibition there, which uh, one of the members made. He was a great fan of uh, Macintosh and collector. Had, uh, most of the ex- exhibition parts, pieces were from him, from his personal collection, uh, from Falk. And um, now we're currently we are planning a Star Wars exhibition okay. for the next. Uh, months because it fits in uh, December. The next Star Wars is, uh, movie is coming out, so yeah. it's a good point. Uh, it's showing some Star Wars games and some Star Wars uh, informations around.
0: Or well, can uh, people find out information about the uh, the museum and uh, the and the club and what and what you're doing?
2: Yes, yeah, so think, Zinat, what Hello. would you <laughs> recommend? <laughs> where would you recommend? people to visit us see the website
3: um, wait, are aware it's uh, www uh, I think you can put it on in the yep. comments or something in the podcast uh, description it's, below. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, www uh, dot uh, flipper museum uh, no sorry I'm sorry uh, flipper on the arcade cool. dot de it's uh, for the museum uh, and um, it's uh, wait we got two um it's it's a flipper Museum uh, minus Zelingstadt dot and uh, Akademuseum Museum uh, minus Zelingstadt dot de. Yeah, okay. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think, unfortunately, domain names longer than 20, 128 characters are not allowed.
3: <laughs> yeah, and that's the reason why I just asked Mook for a new domain. We can uh, put this both domains together, hmm. and it's uh, Flipper, and, uh, Flipper und Arcade. Flipper is means uh, pinball in German. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Maybe but, some... Hmm?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. We'll flash that on the website. screen, we'll put it down below where people can click on it, and... Yeah, it would be great, but the website is not ready yet. Oh. <laughs> when will this this podcast go online? Uh, hopefully, in the next uh, within the next week. Okay, I think I'm ready in the next week. Okay, it's okay. Okay,
3: it's und arcade.de, meine lieben Leute, auf Deutsch. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. Maybe, maybe some uh, for for the closing because we cut the names. The name of the um, club uh, for amusement only, um, we had uh, take a lot of efforts to um, getting a good name. We had something like a or something which was very bulky and very unhandy. And then Hagen said, one of the found basic uh, f- uh, first founders um on each uh, pinball machine, standing for amusement only to make sure this is a game of skill, but not a game of money. We don't get any money out of it. And uh, this really fits our intention. We wanted to make it for amusement only, not for money and not for everything. We wanted to get this old spirit. And um, this is uh, partly also the motto of the um, of the club, that you have have to have fun with this theme. And uh, we try to um, do it as good as possible. And uh, the people on the public Saturday are really having a lot of fun. I'm fairly sure if you look at the um, at the whole um, how it's called all the emotions, the people are uh, looking nice and they are uh, everybody's uh, in good mood and uh, they're really having fun and it's really for amusement only. And
3: um, they're real relaxed and that's the that's uh, uh, that's the URL uh, the domain from the club. 4-amusement-only.de minus minus mm-hmm.
2: So the <laughs> difference is the, the museum is for showing and the club is for doing. Uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> Easy to remember.
1: Yeah. Very cool. So great. Yeah. So I'm very happy to know this place and be a member of this place. Always great to be there. And... Um, Actually, next year we'll be there too to uh, celebrate the birthday of Sven Persing that we also had here a lot of times as our guest. So, very nice. Yes indeed. Uh, Yes. Of the two of you to take the time to talk to us, talk about Mm -hmm. the museum and the club. Very interesting.
2: Of course, anytime. And thanks for having this great idea for the interview, I think. We're really delighted that somebody wants to talk about us.
1: Yes. Excellent. Final. Final thing on an international level, not just inside Germany. Yeah. Yeah. No.
0: It's it's uh, definitely a a good topic that should be. I mean, you know, it's 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 a worthwhile cause that you're following. to Try to keep this stuff going, and and it's something that's cool. I find it interesting, and I'm in America. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you it's got also- this
3: uh, place it's called a Ar- Ar- barcade or something. What's that? Um, I just, uh, talked yesterday or yeah, I think it was yesterday with Amiga Bill, the guy from, um, the Guru Meditation. And he told me, uh, you got in USA, some places called
0: barcade. It's like a bar with an arcade. I don't know of oh. many of those. Um, I, I, there, I know there are a couple of arcade ish things around, but I mean, I haven't found one in, in a long time. Okay. So I'm sure they exist. It's just not where our, not where I am. They don't.
1: <laughs> yes, it's true. Um, the current world record holder of Donkey Kong, Hank Shen, actually started playing the game in a barcade. Hmm. You know, okay. And there he, this is the place where he, um, where he got in touch with a movie director that made a movie out of, out of his race for the. Um, for the highest score in Donkey Kong, so. Okay. And this is how arcades became aware in the public, you know, because oh. of that movie. You know. Yeah. It's called Dr. Doctor, Doctor Kong, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: See you soon, guys.
2: Yes, and thanks X- for sitting X- with us. Thanks for and, the interview. Yes. And uh, have a nice evening. You it, you have it, a nice AJ. day, Ajm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yep. AJ, I will see. Uh, I hope I see you next month uh, in Germany on the first Saturday mm. uh, in December uh, for the next Open Saturday.
0: I'll and
3: I'll, I'll do I'll... my best.
2: <laughs> 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 but he never, but he never promised. No.
3: <laughs>
2: I think if he pays the flight, then maybe. You know.
3: Yeah, yeah. There you go. Hey, you, can, you, can, you can come with Amiga Bill. He's from New York. You can yeah. uh, fly together. Maybe it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Try to find rent,
2: you can okay. rent a plane together <laughs> 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 and
0: who's fly? <laughs> ah, I can do that, I can fly. Thank you much. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Tschüss, Rainer. <laughs> Ciao. So, that was Senate Palach and Rainer Kraphol from For Amusement Only. And we actually have an update on this because Jurg was there the other night.
1: Yes, so I was there. We were celebrating Sven fussing's birthday and the birthday of his best friend sarah, and um wow, so that was pretty neat hmm. thank you so much what was your what do you think of the place? great I mean, I'm actually a member of this club oh so I so go you've there, been there. You've every there Saturday. okay, yeah, I go there yeah. every Saturday when they opened at um uh, three p m till um 9 p.m. every first Saturday and I go there every time so actually I'm a a club member so I'm going there every time Hmm. and I think it's amazing and actually what I proposed HA to do and what I think we will do is actually showing you a little uh, say not called it a music video where you can actually see walking around with the camera so, on the upper part, you have like the arcades and on the downer parts, you have like the pinballs. Mm-hmm. It's totally amazing, you know, um totally great. It's like a childhood dream you because you know um when when i before before I was eighteen, unfortunately, the law changed in Germany, so under age, we're not allowed to play on arcades. really? Yes, so actually, I never entered an arcade when I was little. And when I was eighteen in the two thousand, the arcades were already all closed.
0: Why why, so never,
1: why? why was that? I have no idea. That's that's interesting. That's that's something I've learned. I I did I didn't I don't know. Oh. So actually yes. So actually, I was planning in um, I was playing in a in um, a video rental store and an arcade a couple of times and some pinball. But then the law changed, and I wasn't allowed to play anymore. And then I wasn't allowed to enter the arcade, and so I never actually had the chance to actually visit an arcade in my childhood. But well, now I have because there that, are that explains things. when you
0: came to when you visited me here, it, it was we went we we, we I took him around like Philadelphia and, and New York and all this stuff. Whenever we got anywhere near, our, uh, there was a pinball machine or something, it's like, oh, God, we're stuck here for an hour. Because he'd just be like, oh, pinball. And he'd be there and doing something, wherever it was. didn't matter where it was. It was like, oh, there's
1: a game. And it'd be like, oh. Yeah, we right. lost a lot of coins. Yeah, get a I drink. He's, he's staying for a bit. And I did the same in Peru. I did the same in Brazil. Hmm, Okay. And I did the same in the hotel of Spain, where I was in Mallorca with a friend. Hmm. So I was totally hooked up to that to those machines mm-hmm. because we didn't have arcade plays, mm-hmm. um that were open when I was allowed to enter them. So unlucky me. Yeah. So yes, Ha, this explains that why I spent so much time bit. with you in arcades. Yeah, explains
0: quite a bit. Sorry for that. That's that's okay. Yeah, you we were here to entertain.
1: You know, it's. It's all part of the experience. like Bobby
0: Williams.
1: (laughs) Let me entertain you. Yeah. Let me entertain you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Good. You're good.
0: So that's the the podcast for today. Again, um, we'll put up links to the description to everything for these for 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 Amusement Only uh, in the podcast description.
1: For the article of the interview I've gave and given yes, on yes. German television mm-hmm. for the video itself. If you're for listening, Ultimate if you're listening to else. the
0: audio version of this podcast, which some of you will be, um, I heartily recommend going and checking out the video version because there's a lot of extra stuff in there as far as, you know. Videos, scene. pictures. Right, exactly, exactly. So, Me holding up
1: the NES Classic Mini.
0: Yep, mm-hmm so check that out um you know where to find us sceneworld.org uh youtube.sceneworld.org and all these other places um check us out uh, find us on itunes if you're on itunes leave us a comment if you're on wherever else that we happen to be hosted leave us comment leave a uh, a review of the podcast because we like that sort of thing Uh,
1: yes and if you actually noticed that some episodes were missing that was because our rss feed had a problem and that means the uh, first episode of our podcast was actually removed from from your podcast mm. player. I'm sorry for that, but we fixed it. Yep. So it's back up. Yeah. So if you refresh your podcast well players, it should reappear. Yes. So no worries, we, we are not deleting our own shows. Um we're not deleting as our old shows we might like
0: to. Man, we were naive and terrible in those early shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're more figuring this out as we go along. Yeah, right.
1: So, yep, see you next time. Until bye next bye. time. Good. That was pretty good.